everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Barger-Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me as per usual, and actually for the second day in a row as we try to make this show happen, is my co-host and associate editor, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. Listen, it, it, it can't be as bad as yesterday. It is no longer hot. Ha, I feel like I just talked to you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not nearly as hot as it was yesterday. It's. I know. It does feel a bit like a whole new world. For you all listening along at home, um, welcome to the glamorous life of podcasting generally from one's bedroom and also floor. podcasting from your bedroom floor uh this is our second attempt to do this show because the first time my internet died in the middle of it and it didn't come back for several hours so <laughs> we scrapped it and are starting over and hopeful that we will remember all the good stuff we said yesterday to say again today i, I believe in us um you know who else i also believe in i believe in janet who agreed to come back a second day in a row <laughs> Hi again. I have time on my hands, obviously, but it's very nice to be here again. And I think the internet gods will smile upon us today. That's my hope anyway. Let's hope so, because all we want to do is talk about animals. We just want to talk about All Creatures Great and Small Season 2. That's it. Yeah. And I have to say, like, I, I, you know, I was a little worried that Season 2 would sort of let me down. Like, it couldn't quite be as, as great as it was the first time. Um, you know, partly because I feel like part of the reason why it felt so great the first time is because we were in the middle of like a pandemic. Well, we've still in the middle, middle of a pandemic, but you know what I mean? Like it, like the world felt so bleak at that time. And like this year I was like, well, you know, it can't possibly feel as bleak. Well, it is feeling fairly ah! bleak, but for other reasons. Yes, it's true. Yes. <laughs> but you know, like I, I, I sort of wasn't, I, I sort of was like, am I putting too much stock in this? Is this, is this not going to give me what I really, oh no, it did. It gave me, and it even gave me an entire season's worth of arc for Tricky Woo. And also for Tristan. Um, welcome to my Tricky Woo stan account. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we are a Tricky Woo stan account. Um, I do hope that when Bridgerton comes, we become a Newton stan account too. Oh, maybe, maybe they could be friends. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yes, Janet is correct. In addition to Tricky Woo getting an arc, Tristan also, actually, there was a lot of character development this season. Yes. Yeah, well, Tristan grows up. You know, and yeah. and it's great to see. Yeah, I have to say, um, we talked about episodes one and two when we first, uh, when when the show first uh, started this season. Um, so we're picking up this this episode, um, with episode three, which is um, uh, when I think a bit when Tristan's arc really kind of starts, actually. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, because it's the one with the chickens. That's right. Yes. Yes. Um. Um, speaking of the chickens, um, how, how how do we feel about, uh, you know, Tristan and his chickens and Siegfried not taking responsibility for uh, letting them out? Well, it takes an awful long time for Siegfried to finally sort of almost admit that, yes, he was the one who left the door open. And um, and but he gives Tristan so much grief and I mean why on earth does he think that looking after livestock is a is a necessary part of being a vet I mean they're chickens and they have a dog and it's like he's just delaying the moment where Tristan will go out into the world 
not as qualified as he thinks he is. And so that's all building up to that grand denouement, which is certainly a pretty shocking episode when that happens. Although, honestly, it makes me think of um, a line from a show that I loved a long time ago, and I may be dating myself by saying how much I loved it, but I love the show Clarissa Explains It All, and there's a line where Clarissa's talking about fashion, and she wears glasses to like make herself look smart, and she's like, if I look smart and sound smart, is that enough to make you smart? And maybe. I feel like Tristan does okay for himself, for all that he technically like doesn't have, he, like he hasn't technically passed this test. Yes. Well, see, see, I looked this up and apparently, um, I mean, the, the first veterinary college in Britain opened at the end of the 18th century. Uh, so training has been around for a long time, but it wasn't absolutely required for veterinarians until the 1960s. So essentially anybody could hang up a shingle. Um, but of course, what has Siegfried antsy about it is that Tristan has this wonderful um, briefcase, his doctor's bag with all the gold letters on it. And that is wrong. I mean, he can't claim to have qualifications if he doesn't. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I find Siegfried deeply annoying. Like (laughs) I get like, I don't know. I just, I think that it's because he is the one character over the course of this season that I don't see exhibit any real growth Mm -hmm. because he's so adamant that he is always right that he's never wrong and he refuses to admit that the possibility that he could be wrong I am still furious about the scene the the birthday party scene where where he's mad about something and and very spitefully lets it slip that Tristan's not qualified Mm -hmm. to be a veterinarian it's all creatures great and small's red wedding moment it's 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 cruel. It's like like it's it's cruel. It's said it's said to be cruel because he knows it will hurt him. Yeah. But then even after that, he refuses to acknowledge. He literally says, "I don't think I was really that wrong to keep it from you." Like he can't even this this sort of life changing, potentially like very damaging, hurtful thing that he has done. Like he can't even admit that it was a mistake. Yeah, I think. I think Trist, um, Siegfried's problem is that he has so worked himself into the role of being the responsible one, the adult and the father figure to Tristan. And he's terrified of making mistakes himself. And that really motivates him in just about everything he does. Everything has to be done his way. And that's the only right way. And and of course, he is the one who always gets things right. And he's holding himself up to an impossible standard and driving everyone around him mad. Although and most of the time, Mrs. Hall stands up to him, thank goodness. Um, and I think James has sort of learnt to negotiate him. But, you know, Tristan's had this all his life. So he hasn't really worked a way out of it until this big explosion at the dinner party. Um, I, I, I do have to say that, you know, for all that Siegfried does sort of feel monstrous in this season, in, in definitely in episode four, um, which I have to say, like, I'm not one for uncomfortable humor, but I actually kind of loved that dinner party scene. 
like partly because it was sort of it was just so uncomfortable and it was all the things that like we haven't talked about that like aren't that like nobody wants to discuss all happening at once Mm -hmm. um but honestly like i I have to disagree with you just a little bit Lacey, about uh siegfried not growing i think when he asked diana to christmas at the very end of the season that that is kind of him sort of realizing that no he does kind of want more and he does he's not just you know uh, you know this 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 stick in the mud kind of person and Honestly, then she turns him down and it's the greatest moment ever um, because I, I love Diana. I'm sorry. Um, I, and I think the fact that she doesn't want to take that relationship to the next level with Siegfried says so much. Um, but honestly, like, I, I do think he is growing a little bit. I just think it's a lot less, well, obvious than Tristan or Tricky Woo. Or James. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, or James. Yeah, or really anyone. And I mean, and I can sort of see your point, but I also feel like how do I how do I describe what I'm thinking? I'm thinking out loud here, but that to me is a very sort of external facing kind of thing. That's not an internal thing. That's him deciding to like ask a lady he likes to Christmas dinner. That's still about no, I, that's not I, I about took... the way he that's not about the way he treats other people. But I, I see, but I didn't take it that way. I took it as no, actually I, I do like her and I want to treat her better. Like that that he that he does sort of realize he needs to be better in a way and that's why he's doing it. Um and, and then he basically gets shot down because she doesn't really want him to be better. She just wants to take him home and screw him. Yes. <laughs> yes, which is done so discreetly in sort of code <laughs> terms, like coming around for a nightcap or retiring to somewhere quieter. Um, because that's, I guess that's the way you did it in the 1930s. Um, Can I just say, it, it, the Christmas episode is filled with people retiring to somewhere quieter. Yeah, like, like every closets. time I turned around, like somebody was in a closet, yeah. like everybody was in the dark, all sitting quietly together while the party was supposedly going on elsewhere. I'm like, do the partiers notice that like everybody's gone and like snuggling in corners? What is happening here? <laughs> um, I think everybody is a little drunk. And that is well, the yeah. answer. Um. So, so yeah, I I did you it's did you guys like the dinner party? Because I did, I did, and I loved Wait, it. the dinner, the Christmas dinner party, or the no. Tristan dinner? Party? No, the Tristan, Tristan dinner party, the, the, oh, the right, right, wedding right. of the of of all creatures, as I called it. Um, partly, I, I, and I, I didn't just call it that because of the Tristan thing. That that was sort of the thing that drove me over. It's also because it's the one time that we sort of have to deal with Helen and her throwing over of Hugh. Yeah. Yes. And also, um, I think, I I I I think one thing that was really interesting in that episode as well was Tristan because he realizes that you know, wearing a nice jacket and carrying this splendiferous bag with all the gold um, uh, print on it is actually raising him up the social scale. So he ha- gives him the nerve to ask, um, oh heavens, I've forgotten her name. Margot. Margot, thank you. Margot to dinner. Um, but she's really way out of his league. But of course, he doesn't really know anything about her. So that backfires on him because she, as we learn in the cricket episode, has a big crush on Hugh. And so, yeah, it, it was incredibly uncomfortable. And um, and what I loved about it was when, when people were leaving, Diana says to Mrs. Hall, well, thank you for the dinner and a show. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you, Diana is my favorite character. Yes. 
Um, um, mm-hmm. Go on. Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Please okay. Continue. I was just going to, I was going to say that, um, you know, you mentioned um, Margot's crush on Hugh. Mm-hmm. I think she's a much better match for Hugh yeah. than Helen ever was. And I also, you know, that brings me to the whole, you know, we really, one of the things the season sort of skipped over was how big a deal it was for Helen to have thrown over somebody as rich as Hugh. At the altar. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, but then she like basically had to be this sad pariah in her own house. And yeah, not go anywhere. she had to learn to. Cook. But I guess they got over. It. I guess they got over it very quickly. Yeah. I mean, they did, and that's the thing is, I sort of, I sort of felt like the the show was so intent on rushing to get to the 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 the, the James and Helen end game mm-hmm. that like it 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 didn't want us to dwell on what a big social faux pas. Uh, Helen had made here and and what a big deal it should have been to her because mm-hmm. they didn't want us to feel bad about it. Yeah. And um, also it was fairly lightly glossed over that Hugh was in fact her family's landlord. and But the series... Awkward. Yes, awkward indeed because the lease is coming up for renewal. But in fact, I think that was handled really, really well that Hugh did the decent thing. But you know, when he was talking to Helen at the cricket match, he, uh, he said something like, oh, it was never a grand passion. Well, actually, Hugh, that's not what women went want to hear, really. And <laughs> I think he was aware of that. I, I always found Hugh sort of had this sort of glossy, suave um, exterior, which actually covered up him being mean. Although he hmm. does try to do the right thing. He gives them a prize bull. And, I do yeah. I do think my my liking of Hugh has a lot more to do with adult Neville Longbottom <laughs> than it does to do with anything with this character. I, I- I, I definitely have to agree with that. I, I think that there's a level where, um, especially anyone who grew up as part of the Potter generation, um, there's just there's just a likability. I mean, that I didn't Lewis- grow up. In, I didn't. I didn't grow up as part of the Potter oh. generation. I read Prisoner of Azkaban in grad school. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but you, no, I actually do counts. think the Potter generation is a lot bigger than than just like kids who were kids at the time. I mean, yeah. I read most of them when I was in my twenties. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact is, I still think of myself as being part of the Potter generation because mm-hmm. um, I watched all the movies as they came out. And I I think that there's a level where Matthew Lewis really does carry that 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 first impression, no matter where he goes. Even in like Happy Valley, he carried that first impression, which was really weird. Um, but do we think? And I've actually struggled a little bit to answer this question myself. Do we think that in do do we think that the show has done a disservice to Hugh or Helen or all of the above by uh, like do we think that the James and Helen sort of thing was rushed a little bit? Um, because I, I was... sometimes I think sometimes I think it is, and I mean I think they're very sweet and cute, and I really like their relationship. But also we went very quickly from let's have dinner together to let's get married. And that I don't I don't know. I don't know. I I go back and forth. Well, I um, think with it, hmm? go, oh, go ahead. Janet. Sorry. I think we were meant to realize that, you know, Helen and James were made for each other. And I think it made for some rather sort of sloppy storytelling, to be honest, um, because, uh, you know, with the with the last minute cancellation 
at the church and uh and then Helen being so unhappy afterwards. Well, I mean, she did do a really awful thing to to Hugh. Um and Hugh and I thought that was rather funny actually that, you know, so poor Hugh he had to go to France. And then he admits that he actually had rather a good time and the food was great. And uh <laughs> and and so you get the impression that Hugh is possibly more shallow even than we imagined. Yeah. Um I I two two things with uh with with the whole uh arc of James and Helen's relationship. The first is that I am very aware that All Creatures Great and Small was initially conceived of as a four season arc. Um and that it is now being reconsidered and that um at the last uh at the last uh, uh group in round table that i attended they they are now talking about you know we are thinking that we might go beyond that and maybe do season five or six so if you're thinking of this show as a four season arc then this is the halfway point and yes of course this is where they get engaged that being said the pacing I of actually, my, the, my thing is like yeah my thing is i don't actually mind them getting engaged i know that he wrote the book about his wife and that like that is they are real life endgame but that doesn't mean that i i don't know there it feels like there's a like we fast forwarded through something a little sometimes well and- it's because the pacing of season 1 with their relationship made me think it would go much slower um i i genuinely thought because season 1 had them so sort of like circling each other from afar that i just sort of assumed season 2 would be them slowly circling each other near and that season three <laughs> would be when we got engaged. Yeah, that feel that feels right to me. Yeah, because because they barely like even talk to each other in the first season. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and and I I get why we the engagement comes here if you're thinking of this as a four season arc, but the pacing of season one was such that I don't feel like that they'd actually gotten there, and they sort of had to like oh crap run. Um, <laughs> to get there at the end. Like I I definitely feel like that was that that was definitely hurried. But then again, also I, I, I remember that people didn't have sex till they were married. So they got married a lot whole lot faster than like, I don't know, say those of us who were like not actually married to our spouses for a decade. Like me. <laughs> uh almost yeah. Me, I think we took we took a long time to get married, but yeah. you're you're right. That is a very different perspective, I suppose, especially in sort of like a a rural area where you wanted. I mean, this is not James and Helen's situation, but like you would want to have kids quickly so you could have more help on the farm. Yes, because but there's kids also, are free labor. Yeah, the, there's also the issue that um, the expectation then was that the man would be able to provide a home for his bride. And that's what's holding James back, because I really don't know whether living in that house, which apparently has grown an extra floor that they're going to live in, you'd still be You're around. like digging a basement right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> it's you, a TARDIS. Um, you, but no, actually, you, that does bring me to the thing that I find very interesting, that the Christmas episode, which is tech, we, we think of it as the finale, but it's actually the Christmas special that gets tacked on to the end of the American run. Um, and, and the whole, like, sudden realization that James has that, oh, I never actually thought about what Helen would do all day. 
<laughs> or 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 what would happen to Helen's family farm yes. or like any of the reality of them getting married basically yeah but that's but that's James all along and I must say he sort of annoyed me in this season because he keeps not doing things he should be doing like the whole business about telling his parents that he does not want to come back to I Glasgow practice. I was so practice. mad at him. Yes. And then he says, well, I really do need to tell them in person. But, you know, um, he didn't have any choice at that point. That was the day before they were going to arrive. I just didn't I just didn't know why he didn't tell them when it was just the three of them when yeah. they first like got there. I was so mad at him every time like his mom I thought it I thought it for me it felt cruel yeah by the end of it because it's just like his mom is busy planning this like whole life for him and feeling bad for all the things he'll leave behind and he's just letting her do it he's letting her look ridiculous and feel ridiculous yeah yeah and she was so upset I mean the last we saw of her was when she was crying in the bus and it just seemed so unfair and mm-hmm. he didn't want to write. He didn't want to put it in a letter and she wasn't writing to him anyway. And Oh, the oh, behavior of yeah. men. Yes, right. Um, and I mean, Helen knows that James is like this. And I think, you know, there's sort of two contrasting sides in James because when he is a veterinarian, he is incredibly deft and decisive and he's really good at his job. But when it comes to dealing with you know, personal problems and practical problems. He's sort human of human animals. Yes, human animals. He he just sort of, you know, hopes things will sort of go away or sort themselves out on its own. And I mean everybody does this, but it is sort of annoying. Oh, and I do have to say, in the Christmas episode, when James appeared in his pajamas with his hair must, he <laughs> looked so much better looking than with his hair slicked back. Okay, I said it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not a fan of hair product generally, so I'll give you that one. Yeah. But I don't I don't know. I feel like um I feel like in some ways we're supposed to look to Helen to fix that kind of thing about him in a way. I'm thinking about the scene when when James goes to talk to her dad about getting married. That's oh, a lovely scene. Her, it is. It's a real I love Helen's dad. Yeah. And it's so sweet. And and he says something, you know, he says some line about how, how Helen will be in charge of whatever, whatever. And and I and I feel like in some way it's gonna be like up to her to kind of handle that sort of messy side of him. Mm-hmm. But I mean I guess that's what women have been stuck doing for like yes. millennia. But yes. Um, I, 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 I do. F- I did feel for her a lot with the whole like, what am I going to do with myself at Skelton House? Because Mrs. Hall has this all under control and I don't. And this is and, and that it also doesn't come naturally to her. Like what she does is farm. She's not the hostess thing that Mrs. Hall does without even thinking isn't part of Helen's skill set. It's not a skill set she's ever tried to develop. And now suddenly she's sort of the wife of the vet and she's supposed to be doing this. And she's not comfortable in it. The only the only time she gets comfortable is when she finally walks back there and starts throwing back beers with the other farmers. Yeah, because she is a farmer. Yes, because she's one of them. And like, I really liked I, the. I did what I did have a minute where I wondered. I really, I really liked that scene just because I thought it was interesting. And I really wonder if if that in some ways ties into the way that sort of the the local community has responded to Helen in the wake of the Hugh thing, because it, I, she's very like one of the dudes Mm -hmm. here 
in a way that like no other woman on this show is allowed to be. And and I don't know if that means like she got forgiven faster or they didn't care as much because they sort of see her as one of them. She's a cool girl. I hate that gone girl like phrasing, but you know, you know what I mean? I thought it's just an interesting it's an interesting thing about her character that like no other even though this is a community like full of women essentially doing men's work none of the other women are treated that way if that makes sense well there are some women farmers that we meet um the uh um the lady the, with the constantly sick cows. That's right, yes. And she is forced to step into the role of becoming a farmer. I don't know if you noticed, too. She started off wearing a dress, but she was wearing pants toward the end of it. And, of course, that was always the thing with Helen. Oh, I did not. I yes. did not. Yeah. Um, I did not catch that. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, Helen was quite unusual in that she was wearing pants in the 1930s. And... Um, people are still commenting on that even now. Women didn't wear pants. And yes, they did if they were serious farmers, which is what Helen is. And um, and and so I, I am wondering, I mean, what, what, happen, what happens in that family is there is a shift of responsibility because Jenny, the younger sister, takes over the household duties of the farm. You know, there's that great scene where she's where she's grumbling at her father, her father for treading mud into her nice clean kitchen, and she's got all the chores done and she's cooked breakfast for everyone. So, and she says, you know, Helen, you're not needed now. Actually, I thought that was like such a sweet like gesture to her sister. Though. It was sweet, yeah, yeah. But she's saying to Helen, you know, your work here is done. So, what is Helen going to do? Because normally, a woman who who um, who married someone with a profession would be moving into a house of her own and she would be running the house. But Helen won't be able to do that because Mrs. Hall runs that house. Well, I, I, two things. I wonder, A, if like season three is going to partly be like James and Helen get a house. Is there like plot? That would not surprise me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, but- I mean, why can't they? Why can't they just get like a house in the midpoint between the 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 office and her dad's farm and everybody do what they like? Probably because Secret isn't paying him enough. But also mm-hmm. remember, there is a war coming up and that's going to change everything. I mean, women will be working a whole lot more then. And um, in the books, um, James Herriot was actually called up. He was called up to the Air Force. And uh, I think Tristan and Siegfried were working in some sort of veterinary um, position in the army. But, you know, things are going to change and then Helen will be having to do war work. So it's quite likely she will go back to the farm and she will work on the farm. Um, That is the that is a very good point. I mean, one of the things that we see at the very end of the Christmas episode is Mrs. Hall looking out the window and seeing the plane go overhead and the the drums of war that have sort of been like around the edges, basically getting louder. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then she decides not to tell anybody because all of the you know, oh, look at these young people having a great time. I'm just not going to say anything and I will sit back down. Um, But you know there there is this sort of level where you sort of are left with this like the the, the this unsettled moment of the war is coming um mm-hmm. and that everything is going to change that being said i i thought um and i don't know if you guys thought this but you know when helen basically 
at the Christmas thing when she goes and she throws back the beer and she starts talking to the farmer whose whose you was basically um, James accidentally saved and he's like literally like 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 being an anti vaxxer about it and being like no my you just lived because my you lived and 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 James didn't have anything to do with it um, and she basically finds out that there's this 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 miracle cure that they can use that's a long shot for Tricky Woo mm-hmm. you know and he he basically says to her afterwards that's that's what I need you for that's what you can do for me it's just talk Ah. to these guys because these guys talk to you and they don't talk to me because I'm the enemy. Yeah, I think there is quite a class difference um, and also possibly a race difference because um, I think James got teased a lot at the beginning because of his Scottish accent, but he's an educated man and um, he's on a different, I really not sure what part of the social scale it is. He's educated, he is, but he's not upper class or really even middle class because his farm his father was a dock worker but he's different from the farmers he's had all this education he's supposed to know everything he's never supposed to make a mistake or get anything wrong which is quite a burden to be carrying so um speaking of uh tricky woo and the mirror and, and the christmas miracle oh my goodness um, my baby <laughs> I, I would love to talk about my favorite mop um, <laughs> desperately um needs- I will fully own I will fully own that I cried Aww. about Tricky Woo. Like oh oh no, was... I got totally misty eyed. I actually thought Tricky Woo was gonna die. No, and Mrs. Pumphrey was like, Can I hold his paw? I was like, I've been that pet parent. <laughs> like I told This is like I, very messy. I genuinely thought that Tricky Woo was gonna go. I thought that they were going to Look, kill off Tricky Woo. Protect and we were Tricky gonna... Woo at all costs, or we will fight. We we're gonna get some kind of new pup next 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 season. I'm so thankful that that Derek the dog will be back next year. That makes me very happy because you know, as much as I make fun of the fact that all you need to do is put a stick on him and he'd be a Swiffer, um, I, I think Tricky Woo is probably one of the best characters in the entire show. Yeah, I love the way he grunts in response to conversation <laughs> too. I have a cat who does that. Um. Well, <laughs> I I I I I do have to say that my cats, you know, being very fuzzy, are are kind of Swiffers in their own right. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's never as dusty under the couch as it used to be because they just crawl under there. Like they, oh, they, they, my they... cats can't fit under the sofa anymore. Oh no, our, ours so. do, ours do the army crawl and like totally like chase toys <laughs> ours around got underneath. Too big. <sighs> but um, um, I love Tricky Woo. I mm-hmm. love that. Um, I I love that he I... got laid. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Yes, tricky. He's a he's a man now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do. I actually really do like the story from um as as most people obviously are aware. They had to replace the late DM Diana Rigg mm-hmm. this season, and I think that making the story about how much Mrs. Pomfrey loves Tricky Woo is a very smart and easy way to kind of ease that transit like it's it's a marker that this is still the same character mm-hmm. and it gives us a reason to care yeah. about her and everything she's going through without it be with and to not think about how or why really they had to suddenly swap actresses out mm-hmm. no it's true um i also I, I i just i found the whole tricky woo arc this season to be really great um and i like the fact that it also was a way to sort of bring in mrs pumphrey to the family 
in a yes. way that, that, that we didn't get. That's one thing we didn't get in season one was bringing her into the family in that way. That she was sort of the, the rich upper class lady who was very othered in a way. and that She's this... just the eccentric rich lady who lives on the edge of town and has cricket matches in her backyard. <laughs> okay, can I just say, I do not understand cricket. I, I'm sorry. I don't sorry. understand cricket at all. Janet, oh. please explain. What the hell is that? Well, basically. Why are they running around so much? Okay, well, why do they, I have so many questions. You know, I, I, I sort of resisted learning about cricket um it tends to be very <laughs> slow and unintelligible um there are some positions like, on I the pitch i did not understand how suddenly they're like go at like their score is like 187 or something okay. and i'm like what? well um okay when you hit if if you're a batsman and you hit a ball over the boundary which in in uh, in the case of Mrs. Pumphrey's field was where the mowing stopped and there was rough grass. That's automatically four runs. So you don't go anywhere. You just stand there while they scuffle around in the grass, find the ball and throw it back. And you can also be bowled out by, you know, if somebody catches the ball or, of course, if it knocks the wicket. Um, and- this is what I feel like when Nick starts talking about football. And by football, right. I mean yes. soccer. Right. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, so what happens what happened in the game was um uh Hughes team uh they what did they do first they were batting first and basically Hugh wiped the floor with them and then Hugh decided which actually means he decided he figured out he had he and his team had enough runs that they would win the game if they stopped now for half time um, and that's why they all went into the tea tent and had nice cups of tea together and cake and so on. Um, and then, uh, and then it went Do women on. Women get to play cricket, or is this just a boy sport? Um, I don't know. Women used to play cricket. Um, I think Charlotte plays cricket in Sanditon. There you are. Yes. Oh, you're right. Women, women did play there cricket. Were, there were so many cricket matches yeah. in like every British show I watched. Like yeah. there's a there was a cricket match in like Endeavor. There's a cricket match in Downton Abbey. Yes. I don't I, and I've yet to understand a single damn. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. It's a it, it's a thing. Women did play cricket. Jane Austen mentions um, mentions Catherine playing cricket in Northanger Abbey, and um, a lot of. Victorian women play cricket as well. It was usually, and of course they do in Sanditon, but generally it was sort of in, it was not integrated. It was either men in the team or women in the teams. Yeah. But uh, obviously Mrs. Hall knows a great deal about cricket and she's sort of the top dog because she's doing the scoring. I thought that was very sweet. Um, oh, the way I'm she... sorry. My favorite thing is yes. she's teaching nice Mr. Gerald how to like, score or play How or to under- I don't know she could come she could teach me yeah oh yes yes she could she she could teach all of us but it is a very peculiar game and there are lots of sort of odd signals and oh just sort of rituals associated with it can we talk can we talk about Mrs can we talk about Mrs Hall oh. and, and nice Mr Gerald yeah. because I love that that is such a nice relationship I used to wonder if the show wanted us to sort of root for her to get with Siegfried. And I'm like, no, she deserves so much better than Mm -hmm. Siegfried. (laughs) And she should get with nice Mr. Gerald, who like, who is so cute. He's like, I'm going to, 
<laughs> he does literally wind her clock. Um, but also he's also he's like, I'm going to take my dog for a walk at this particular place. If you just happen to be there, that would be cool. <laughs> love, he's so dorky. I love him. Um, I, I have to say that, like, I think the show still kind of wants us to ship Siegfried and Mrs. Ugh, Hall. No. Remember yeah. when she comes? Okay, but remember when she comes down to the Christmas in the dress, and Siegfried kind of freezes and like let and stutters. That's because he has no idea how to relate to yes. other people in any capacity. She looked great. She did, and I was actually a little. I do think she looked more comfortable in the second dress when she went and got yes. changed. But I, I did like her in that dress, and I was sorry she got changed. It was a great dress, but it took me by surprise. Um, not quite as much as it took Siegfried by surprise, but <laughs> it, she did not seem like the sort of a dress that a woman like, of her like age and her buy. class would have, unless it was something very old she'd just been carrying around out of, um, out of sent, out of sentimentality. Um, Maybe from her first marriage that we don't never actually yeah. like see the husband for. Right. Is he alive? Well, Do we know. Well, he might be. She left him because he was abusive. Um, remember when she talked to Dorothy one time? They mentioned that, and then she and she fell out with her son because he stole from a household where she was working as a housekeeper. And she that's why she's so incredibly loyal to and grateful to Siegfried for employing her because chances are you know if that had happened to someone who was a housekeeper she wouldn't get another job but of course the son has disappeared and I wonder if he'll be back I hope he'll be back in the next season to to get some sort of resolution on that um I I just I because if if her husband's still alive that means she can't marry the the Gerald the clockwinder this is true and we don't really know I mean, I, not that not that I need weddings. I'm just asking. I just want them to be happy forever. But I'm yes. also not sure how I was supposed to read sort of like the ending of their interaction this season. Like, like it's sort of it seemed to be very much like she, the mistletoe thing. Mm-hmm. It was so awkward. But then it was cute. But then it was awkward again. So I don't I don't know. If they're just really bad at dating. Like I don't remember really that. But I think she, I, th- I I think there's a level where they are just really bad at dating. I think that was Mrs. Hall saying, yes, this is serious oh, for me. Okay. And Gerald. Good. Because I was yes. worried. I was really worried that I was supposed to like interpret it as her friend zoning him. And I was no, going to be like so no, angry. Quite, quite the opposite. And yes. he's so flustered by it. He goes out the wrong door. Which oh, I thought was great. <laughs> I love him. Yeah. I, I, I do have to say like he is definitely one of the uh, one of the season two additions that I, I am very excited to see come back next year. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of which, what do we want out of season three? I know what I want. I want, well, more Tricky Woo, obviously. Um, protect Tricky Woo at all costs. But other than Tricky Woo related matters, what I would like, and I'm going to have to listen to our episode that we did at the end of season one, because I may have actually asked for this at the end of last season and I didn't get it if I did. I want some more interiority for Helen. Mm-hmm. I want to have a better idea of who Helen is and what Helen wants that is not filtered through the men around her. That is and... exactly what you asked for last year. I yeah. Know. <laughs> and Come I think on, you guys. may have even phrased it exactly the same way. I, I'm very predictable in my in my types. It's okay. It, no, because it is still one of the failings of All Creatures Great and Small. You know, of, of you know, PBS 
audiences are women, right? Like we are like the, the, the majority people who watch something like All Creatures Great and Small are, you know, women who are, you know, from 20 to 60. And to have these shows be so male centric mm-hmm. really is kind of a thing. Because I actually really do feel like this season, I do really feel like this season did a lot better by Mrs. Hall than the first season like a whole lot better i, I agree i i, I do th- i do think there was i do think there was improvements um this season was not as dude bro heavy but yeah i think i think there's a level because she's the love interest the the show doesn't know how to make her not be the 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 the, the love interest does that make sense yeah and maybe maybe this is me hoping that i won't have to ask for the same thing at the end of season three maybe by sort of getting to the point where she's not the love interest anymore, she's the wife and we don't have to have the conversation about will they, won't they James and Helen get it together that they'll have to do something else with her. Yeah. Well, they might, they might find that there's some reason why they can't get married when they want to. And that might, and that might be what we hold that That might be what the holdup. Um, I, I see, I, I really, um, if you were to give me season three, I would start since since we've rushed into engagement, I would start with James and Helen get married in the premiere and I would have them buy a house at the end of the se- at the end of the season. And that would be their arc. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think probably what's going to happen is they're going to get married fairly soon mm-hmm. and then the war's going to happen. I feel like this. Yeah, I feel like this isn't a time where you had like a like a I mean, it took me. Well, granted, I got married in the middle of a pandemic, so slightly different. Had I gotten married when I was supposed to have gotten married, I would have been planning the wedding for like almost two years. So, like, I don't think that that is something that necessarily you did back then. Mm-hmm. No, I, I yeah. and you're right. I keep forgetting, even though, like, I even said earlier that the world World War Two literally, like, the the season literally ends with World War Two hanging over their heads in an airplane. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I just I immediately forgot that. Yes, right. Um, no, next season is World War Two, isn't it? The way that Downton Abbey had a World War One season. Mm-hmm. And I do expect it to be a single season war. How? I, this is a this is a gap in my particular knowledge of history, and we'll come back to whatever, what we'll we'll get Janet's season three desires in a second. But like, how different was the experience of the war for like Northern England versus London? You know, like how different really is it going to be for the Dales? Well, I don't. I have no idea. Um, the men would all be called up, or the men who were you know of a, a particular age. And so the women would have to take over all the work on the farms that the men were doing. Um, I don't think they would be a target for um, for airstrikes um, because there isn't really a major city close by. Um, and Or it's possible that women might have left to go and work in factories because, um, you know, there are... There's a big industrial area in the Midlands, which is like the next stop down south. Sorry for the geographical vagueness here. But, I mean, basically everything's going to change. And um, and also, I believe that a lot of the farm animals that were being grow- raised for meat were sort of taken over by the government because they were expecting food and they got food shortages. Mm. So it it okay. would be a big change. Um, um, 
in general, do we think, because I said this and now that I'm, I'm now I'm thinking and now I'm trying to rethink and now I'm starting to rethink it. Do we think World War II will be a single season like World War One was for Downton Abbey? Or do we think that it will last like two, at least two seasons and that the end of season four would be the end of the war? Hmm. I don't know that I think it super matters. No. No, I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it because it's it's six very long years. Mm-hmm. That that, that yeah. was sort of the thing. Yeah. I was like, how many how many years have passed in the first two seasons of the show? Does anybody know? Of the top Not of very it? much. It's literally two, been like that thirty seven, thirty eight, thir- where we're we basically start at the end of thirty seven, yeah. and now we're at the end of thirty nine. Like it's literally been a year. No, uh, no, a year. We're, we're at the end of thirty eight. So, so yeah, th- okay, yeah, it's yeah. Bare, it's, we're 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 not moving. We're we're not uh, moving fast not. here. Yeah. So, but I I also can't see. As much as I I love this show and I know it's been renewed through season four and I know they're talking about doing, you know, moving on beyond that, I, I, I can't actually imagine the show doing six seasons of war. No, no, I can't. Because the whole thing about the show is is place as well as time. And and since the men are going to be called up or most well, it's pretty likely they're going to be called up. Or they're going to be, um, I mean, Siegfried might be too old at this point. So he would probably have to stay because the farms will still need veterinarians. Uh, whereas James and Tristan, you know. Right. Younger, able-bodied, yeah, younger. younger, yeah. And and the way the books are written, it's really interesting because um, Harriet covers the war years but it's like everything is done in flashback so each chapter begins with um a scene in yorkshire like when he's you know got his arm stuck up a cow or something and then it (laughs) and then it comes back to back to the present oh there was one chapter that began with um it's amazing how much noise men can make in the night with their digestive systems and then you get a barn full of farting animals or something as he remembers um, an episode before the war. So it was all done in flashbacks, but it's actually done very well. And Helen had a couple of kids in that time. And um, so, I mean, I also yeah. sort of, I also sort of assumed that there was a decent amount of story to be told post-war. Yes. Oh, indeed. Yes. Because that's when farming really changes because they give up the horses yeah. So Which, that's I, yeah. Uh, that that's that's why I'm thinking like I can't as much as I I I can't see them doing six years in a season. Mm-hmm. I also can't see them doing six years longer than that because we have to get a move on. Yeah. You know, especially if the original plan was to only go for four years. Yeah. You know. So so I I don't know. I'm I'm very curious. I think I think that might be my I, I think now I take it back and that's my answer to season three is I want to <laughs> see how they handle the war. Mm, yeah. Right from the beginning, we've had the, the um, I mean, it hasn't been banged into our heads much, but there have been things like newspaper headlines and um, news items. I, yeah, I actually think yes. it's been really, yes. like, re- like, quite well done yes. throughout. Yeah. Even enough that I notice and I don't do things like <laughs> dates. I don't believe in them. Um, anyway, anybody got any final season two thoughts other than this show is just like a nice snuggly blanket this and... this show is fabulous ba- baby basically my, my answer is that I, I i'm so glad that season two 
proved that season one was not a fluke. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And oh, wait, makes... I forgot my other thing I would like in season three, which is more cats. Oh, yes. yes I would more add, domestic animals. As cat ladies, I think we should start a campaign. They start filming season three in the spring in Yorkshire in like a few well, weeks. I'm, I'm hopeful because it was a running theme. They keep mentioning it about how the future of their business can't just be in like large land animals. Yes. It has to be, you know, people's pets. Yes, it, so. it's true. And and honestly, like, I'm, I'm just saying, though, like, you know, if Sanditon Sisterhood can get Charlotte, can get an entire show resurrected, we can get a couple of cats. <laughs> they did have, like, the one cat this season, which was an improvement, but we can do better. Yes, yes we can. Yes. More cats. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag, yes, we can. More cats <laughs> in all creatures season two. All right. Um, clearly, we are going off the rails. So I think that is our show for this week. I'm fully excited we made it through on the second attempt. Janet, thank you, <laughs> as always, for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, I enjoyed for, it. You've brightened several days in a row for us now. Um, tell our listeners where they can find you on the internet. Well, I'm sort of on Facebook. I put a picture of a daffodil up today. And um, I'm on Twitter at Janet underscore Mullaney. And quite honestly, I don't do a whole lot there either. I look at pictures of people's cats and like them. Um, now and again, I put up a picture of my cats. So I'm not very adventurous online. Can confirm she likes cat pictures. Yeah. I, I love seeing pictures of of Annie's cat. She has a wonderful orange cat called Max who has a tail like an enormous feather. His tail is like a separate tricky woo. <laughs> His tail knocks things off of counters, my desk, um anything in the he just he, it's like he's unaware of it. He just he just knocks things off of tables. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Uh, since you're talking, Annie, tell the people where you exist. Oh, um, um, you can find me at Annie Bundle on Twitter. You can find me at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. Um, I, you can find me at, uh, well, you can find pictures of Max and his very fuzzy tail and his very fuzzy sister, Charlotte, and uh, their not very fuzzy, uh, very sleek brother, Drake, all on Instagram at Annie Bundle. Um, funny that. Yes, my husband said that Charlotte looked like, um, looked like a brownie being mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I call her a peanut butter chocolate face. Yeah. Because um, cause she's like, it's like she got chocolate in her peanut butter. Anyway, yeah, I know. Um, I'm a dork. Anyway, um, um, I'm a staff writer at Elite Daily and um, I'm a, the, associate, the associate editor here at Televisions. Um, and I also freelance around the web. I'm still uh, chugging away at recapping the Gilded Age over at the AV Club. Um, so you can check those out every, you know, Monday night. And uh, yeah, that's basically if you want to know what I've written this week, just go find my Twitter and follow me because I retweet all my bylines. Okay, thanks. Uh, and I am Lacey MB on Twitter. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B. And like Annie, I write here at televisions quite often and a lot around the entertainment web but i always tweet my bylines so come be my friend yell about television with me if you just want the cat pictures the boys live on instagram at baker and hammer if you don't want any of that and you just want televisions content the site and the pod are available on social media at telly underscore visions on twitter and televisions blog all one word on facebook our podcast is available on youtube at weta pbs and we have a shiny new newsletter that uh New newsletter sounds funny if you say it five times fast. Uh, you can get all of that fun info at televisions.org slash subscribe. While you're visiting us at televisions.org, you can click on the donate button up top to help us keep making all of this wonderful content and support public media at the same time. You'll get access to PBS Passport, where you will often get a lot of fun advanced 
treats and cool stuff to watch, such as I just learned the other day that season two of my favorite bonkers show, Cobra, is now available to watch in its entirety there, which I will be doing this weekend. And yeah, that's us. That's our show. That's all the stuff we're doing. I guess we're doing more stuff than normal because it's taking me longer than ever to get through that bit at the end. But as always, take care of yourselves, take care of each other's, be kind to strangers. The world is a scary, dark place right now. Do what you can for each other because we are all we've got. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>